You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me is Pastor Mark Berkshire with Meadow Run Community Church of Ohio Powell, Pennsylvania. And um, this episode, we're going to be responding to, and I would actually like to do more of these. Someone asked a question. Um, I already responded to it, preached on it, shared it with other people. All that stuff, but I would like to do more of that to where people ask questions and we're able to uh, provide some spiritual and biblical insights uh, here specifically on the podcast. That's what we're going to do this episode. But first, as always, what are you preaching on this week? Revelation chapter two. Um, I'm going through the first 11 verses of Revelation chapter two, talking about the seven letters that Jesus wrote. Um, Jesus had John write to the seven churches in Asia Minor. Um, this week we're going to be talking about um, losing your first love. How we easily it's done and how painful it is when you lose that first love. That's funny <laughs> because we're going to be in John chapter 2. And we're going to be talking about how not to make the world your first love. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, not John chapter two. Sorry, first John chapter two, where, where yeah. John says, you know, don't love the world. Uh, so we're going to be spend some time talking about first what type of love he met, because there's different words for love, and he definitely meant unconditional love. But right. then also, uh, how do we live that out? Because you know, it's typical in our American culture to say we love cupcakes, we love football. Those people, no hate for them, that love Taylor Swift. All, all kinds of things people say they love, uh, but then they also turn to their spouses and say, I love you, and turn to God and say, I love you. So yeah, uh, we're going to be looking at that and then talking about how do we live out not loving the world uh, and making sure that we do keep you know Jesus as our first love. So the question we're responding to, somebody sent me this on TikTok um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, about three or four weeks ago, uh, which is why, I, I, to be honest, I've had some time to respond to this multiple times. I responded to it on TikTok, I shared it on Facebook, and then uh, this Sunday night uh, shared the same thing at an event I was preaching at. Mark just heard this question like, what, an hour or so ago? <laughs> I was like, uh, how about this? And he's like, uh, okay, I need some time to come up with that. And I was like, you got about an hour because <laughs> we're going to start recording. But uh, so to be fair, I'm going to read the question. Then I'm going to go first with one. And then we'll go back and forth. Uh, because I, like I said, I've already fleshed a bunch of this out. Uh, when I responded to him in the video, I only gave him three. And I'll share my last two up front. Read the Bible and pray. That's number four and five. I would put read the Bible at number one, but just because of the way I responded to him, I put it at four and five. So the question that he asked, um, someone asked me, is if someone is new to the faith, what are the five things they need to know as a born-again believer in Christ? So the way I understood this, and I told him, 
when I responded via video. This is a great question. This is one of the best questions I had. I wish more Christians asked, hey, once I step across the line of faith, what do I need to know? What can I do? What should I be focused on? People just go one way or the other, and they don't really ask that question. They just start going. Uh, nothing wrong with that, but this was a really great question. So the first thing I told him, I responded to him and to the uh, other people who I told uh, in person, number one thing is to understand that you are a new creation. You are no longer like you used to be. Uh, you're now a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, you're now a person who God has included in his kingdom, but more importantly, in his family. So you may not have the same desires that you had before. Uh, the Holy Spirit may prompt you if you do, because some of us, we do have those desires. And then the Holy Spirit prompts us and says, we can't do that anymore. That we That's no longer acceptable uh, as a new creation in Christ. So that was the first thing that I wanted him to understand is that you are not like you used to be. You are now a person filled with the spirit of the living God. And if you have stepped across that line of faith and believe the finished work that Jesus Christ did on the cross, and like the Bible says then in Ephesians chapter one, then God gives us a guarantee of our in eternal inheritance by giving us his Holy Spirit, if that has happened to you, um, then you now have a responsibility to understand that you're not... An, you're not like you used to be. You're a brand new creation, and there should never be a doubt in your mind about, one, whether God exists, or two, whether God loves you, because you have the spirit of the living God living in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now resides in you. So that was my number one thing uh, that a new believer needs to understand. Uh, they're not better than people. Uh, who they used to hang out with, but they definitely are different. And I would, I would put that as my number one too: is that you, you, you realize that you're a new creation. I go at it a little differently because I, I believe that would be number one. But also knowing, realizing that. Being a new creation doesn't mean that everything's going to change immediately. You're not going to have this, um, you're not going to have the desires and the thoughts and the, the things all disappear at one time. It's not, you know, some people it does. Some people it does work like that. Yeah, you're but, still going to have those struggles and trials and struggles and trials. And actually, they're going to be, they're going to be amplified now that you have the Holy Spirit in you, because Satan now says, "Okay, dang it, I lost him. He's gone to Jesus. I can't get him back, but I can make his life a living hell from here on out because I'm going to to struggle." So, Romans seven is a is a chapter I love. In, in the book, in the Bible, because it talks about sin and it talks about the struggle being real. And as a new Christian, we, we tend to believe 
okay, I'm not going to have to deal with this anymore because I'm a new creation in Christ. I have everything done. I don't have to worry about it because God's going to take care of that. And that is absolutely true. But sometimes we have to do some things to help God along. Um, you know, he gives us the ability to to overcome the things that we are we are battling against. So we need to realize that we are a new creation, number one, and that Satan now is going to be a bigger enemy than ever before. So don't, I guess that would mean don't get, don't get cocky for <laughs> lack of a better word. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Although um, there are a lot of cocky Christians and pastors out there. Though. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying, you know, we, we just seem to think sometimes though, and we're taught this, this is where the pulpit has failed. We teach that if you come to Jesus, everything's going to be rosy and you're going to be great because that is the best thing. You're a new creation. You are born again. You are Everything's brand new. You're not going to think about those things anymore. Malarkey. <laughs> you're going to think about it. You're going to be tempted. You're going to be tested. Um, and, and, you know, uh, no, nowhere in the Bible does it say that we are going to be um, that God's only going to give us what we can handle. He doesn't say that. He says you will not be tempted above what you can handle, but what we can take, what we can bear, that's, you know, look at Job. He bore a lot of things that um, he had no control over. So, you don't don't be misconceived or have the misconception of everything's going to be good from day one. It is in an internal picture. Everything is great. That's the best decision you will ever make is to become a new creation. But Paul also says in Galatians, take up your cross. I was crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So we have Christ now living in us, but we still have to take up our cross and follow him. Sorry, that was a long answer. <laughs> no, 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 that's good. It's good because even though you're now a new Christian, you're still living in a sinful world surrounded by all the same trials, struggles, temptations, and issues. You're not instantly transported to uh, heaven <laughs> where everything's perfect. Uh, uh, but yeah, you're still living in a sinful world. So that was great. Um, so, uh, I told him that, that you're a new creation. Uh, the second thing that I said is now that you are a new creation, now that you have stepped across the line of faith, now that you're filled with the Holy spirit of the living God, and now that you're a part of the kingdom of God, uh, here's something. And again, these aren't prioritized, but I just thought these were really important. And I even said, for people in the comments and to the people I was talking to on Sunday night, you guys should all and can all come up with your own list of things. But I think the second thing is to realize that if you're a new creation, you know, you now have a new mission and you now have a new purpose. It doesn't matter what you were trying to accomplish before. Uh, not that those things are um, trivial, but your priority now 
is to make Christ known. Your priority now is to share and show the love of Christ to folks within your circle of influence. Your, your purpose now is not to make as much money as possible, you know, get that high paying job you always wanted or whatever. Your purpose now, because now you're an ambassador for the kingdom of God, is to make Christ known in your circles of influence, uh, not just with your words, but with the way that you live your life so that other people know, wow, there's a God that loves him. Maybe there's a God that loves me too. Uh, and again, that we've, we've talked about that before, but I think that's a priority that people put, instead of making it a priority, they put it down on their, like, you know, when I get to it type of things, uh, rather than now as a new creation, this is my purpose. This is my mission. This is what God has called me to. Um, they put it to a, this is great. When I get to it, I'll do it. Uh, but they don't prioritize it. Uh, so that was just my my number two, is that if you're understanding you're a new creation, as a new creation, you have a new purpose, you have a new mission, and that's to make Christ known. And I think that is really good. Um, I would say my number two is now that I'm a new creation, I have a new family. Um, I'm no longer, um, I'm no longer just wandering around. I have a family. I don't have to be in this world alone because now I have not only a family, but I have, I have the father living in me. So I am now able to go out and realize that I can, I can fulfill the purpose of God. Um, and, and we do that by what your number four and five is, by getting into the word and, and understanding what our purpose is. And Jesus made it really easy, and we say this all the time, um, Jesus made it really easy for us to know what the purpose is. He told us to love others and to love him. Love him above all and love others. And that's all. That's our purpose in life, um, and and to share his message, the message of the cross, with everyone around us, as you said. But realize that, you know, we're we're not alone. We have a new family. That was actually your number two was actually my number three because I was like, hey, if you're a new creation and you don't have a new purpose, God wants you to be a part of a new family. So you need to find a God-honoring, Holy Spirit-filled, Bible-believing congregation that you can be a part of so that, one, uh, you can have people disciple you and equip you for the work that God has called you to, but also, two, so that you can have people around who will encourage you and pray with you because, as you said earlier, um, now that you are a new creation, and if you start trying to fulfill your purpose, you come up on the devil's radar and he's going to come at you like never before. Things that, you know, you never even thought of, he is going to come at you with because you're now his enemy. Before, you were an afterthought. Didn't care about you. Now, you are an enemy to him and he's going to come after you. So you need people who will pray with you, people who will equip you. Uh, people who will disciple you, people who will prepare you uh, for it's 
like you know any job that you go into you want people to train you for what you you're supposed to do and that's what the church the body of christ uh is supposed to help do it's what pastors like you said from the pulpit are supposed to preach and share so that people understand what their primary focus is and what they're called to do um but you still have so many christians that their focus is hey you know what i'm a christian uh i'm gonna go look for a church um i checked out two online i didn't like what they were preaching so i'm just gonna be the church all at home by myself as like a soldier saying hey i've been called to fight in this war uh but i'm gonna fight all these enemies all at home by myself because i don't like the way all the other platoons and companies are fighting it that is never going to work it's not going to be successful it also defies the purpose of what God has called you to, because God has called us to be a part of an ecclesia, the church, you know, the plurality of people called into public assembly. So that was my number three was, you know, find a good, and I realize it's hard to find them. It is. I hear from people all the time, but just because you check two or three online and then like what they're preaching, there are tens hundreds of thousands tens of thousands of churches uh in your community town there may only be three four or five check every single one even the one whose denomination you think you may not like because there are some denominations where just because of what that denomination stands for we may be like uh i don't know if i can deal with that but there are pastors in that denomination who are preaching the truth uh but they're just a part of that denomination just like there are people individuals not pastors in name it lutheran catholic whatever that even though uh, their denomination has some things that others may not agree with those people are there because they love the lord uh, and they want to help bring those people to christ so be a part of a, a, a local a local church be a part of a family um because that's important to your calling and fulfilling your mission and you being a new creation and it's what God wants. And, and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, and, and understand, too, the, though, that even though you're part of this congregation and we need to be a part of the congregation, a local body of Christ, um, the family of God is a whole lot broader than just a church building. So, you know, keep that in mind as well. Um, what are we up to? Number four? Number that three. was my third one. And, and yeah, my third, was... yeah, my third one is your fourth and fifth. <laughs> my third one is we have weapons. We have weapons available to us to fight the battles that God or that Satan is going to throw at us. And those weapons are the word of God and prayer. And we need to start with a foundation, a good foundation of, of, of the word and a prayer. Um, and we may feel uncomfortable at first when we start praying because we think, you know, this is crazy. I'm sitting here talking to myself in the room and just, you know, but it's not that you're talking to yourself. God is hearing and prayer is not just sitting and talking to God in a specific time. 
The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, which means that we continuously have an attitude of communicating with God. Just like we are talking here, that's how I communicate with God. And sometimes I yell at God. Sometimes I say, I don't understand. I don't know why this is happening um, or why you're allowing this to happen. And then I go to the word to find out why. Because Satan hates it when we pray and Satan hates it when we open up the word of God and start learning from God through the Holy Spirit that's in us, through the new creation that we've become. Um, so God has equipped us with the perfect weapons to face the enemy. Yeah, and I think a lot of people end up uh, going to war weaponless because they don't read their Bible. Uh, so even though I put those as four and five, I would say those are uber super important because you won't under have an understanding of what it means to be a new creation unless you read your Bible. You won't have an understanding of uh, God's calling on your life or what, because I, I hear people all the time that say my mission is to, or my purpose is to, this is what God wants me to do. Are you sure? Uh, because those things sound drastically different than what he says in his word. So where did you get this from? And how did you verify that that's what God has called you to do? Because in his word, he says for each and every one of us, great commission, whether you read it in Mark or Matthew, go into the world and share the gospel. Uh, different ways we can do that, different ways we can live that out. But if you're trying to do something drastically different than that, um, I mean, drastically different. I can't even think of, of, of an example of some of the crazy things that people say, well, this is my mission, uh, that you really need to read your Bible to understand uh, what God has called you to do and to understand the fact that, yes, because all the people saying, no, I'm, I'm going to sit at home and be the church by myself. You haven't read your Bible, you know, right. that specifically says we're called the Ecclesia and all the people that criticize. And I get it because some pastors, there are bad congregations, there are bad pastors, but all the people is like, I don't need a pastor to teach me. I can just read the Bible on my own. I was like, who told you that? And they were like, well, the Holy Spirit teaches us. Like, you mean the same Holy Spirit that gave pastors and teachers to the church to equip them to do the work that God called them to do? That Holy Spirit? that wants you to have a pastor teach you. Uh, so read your Bibles. And that way you also won't be misled by false teachers or people coming up with some of the crazy stuff they come up with these days. So what is your number three or your number four? Well, my number four is read your Bible. And my number five was probably ultimately your number one. My number five was just pray. <laughs> yeah. Time and prayer. Yeah. So the ones you've already already captured were my exactly. four. And, and I would say my number four would be um, security. You have a security blanket, so to speak. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, a lot of new Christians think that if they if they just screw up a little bit. They've lost it all, and they have to start all over again. And the Bible teaches us that we have security in knowing that um, Jesus loves us no matter what. He doesn't expect us to be perfect here on earth. 
our perfection is going to come when we get to heaven. And so, um, you know, as a new creation, understand that sometimes just as a new tree has to lose its leaves to grow a little bit the next year, we also have to lose our leaves sometimes to grow to the next spot that we need to go. So that means that sometimes we make mistakes, sometimes we screw up. That doesn't mean we've lost everything. That just means we need to come back and say, okay, God, I screwed up. Help me move forward from here. Help me to grow from here. And I think people would know that if they read their Bibles, <laughs> they would understand about the grace of God. They would understand yeah. that, you know, uh, yes, you know, God knows we're going to make mistakes, but, you know, he forgives us just like we are supposed to forgive other people when they mess up and make mistakes. Right. Why it's so important, again, for people to read their Bible. And my fifth one was, like, as you said, prayer. Prayer is so important. Um in any relationship, in any battle, in any war, on any job, however people want to see it, you know, we're in a relationship with God and any relationship, communication, super important, super important um, in any job. So if we're ambassadors for the kingdom of God, then, you know, in any job, communication, is this what you want me to do? Is this what you how you want me to do it? Super important in any battle, because now the enemy sees us as an enemy. Their spiritual war is very real in any battle. Communication uh, with the general at the top. How do you want me to handle this? Uh, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to take care of this? Or do you want me to retreat, step back and just whatever? Um, whatever it is, communication, super important. So prayer. Again, these aren't in prioritized order. These are just things I yeah. put together to respond to him. But communication is super important. When we communicate with God, it is via prayer. That's that's what it's called. But it's talking to God. And someone pointed out to me last night, not last night, uh, I don't even know what day this is. Sunday Jesus. night. Yeah. So Sunday night at the event, when I was said, you know, here's here's the fifth one prayer. He was like, we've got to understand that prayer isn't just us saying blah, 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 and then walking away. It doesn't end when we've said all we've had to say. Uh, it should end when we feel like God has responded. And it might be, yes, it might be, you know, I have something better, or it might be, you're not ready for this yet. Uh, but whatever the thing is, it's a two-way dialogue. And my number five is remember. Remember that we win. Um, no matter how bad the circumstances, no matter how bad the situation, no matter how bad the diagnosis or anything else, um, as a believer, we win. We are in the winning circle. Um and remember also that it's called a walk with the Lord. It's not called a run with the Lord. So there is a, um, Paul says to run with endurance. Other places it says walk with the Lord. Um, 
but it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Our Christian life doesn't just, when we become a new creation and we understand that we are a new creation, it goes back to that, that this is a marathon. And at the end, we will win the prize. The prize is heaven. The prize is Jesus Christ sitting at his feet day by day in the city of gold, walking with him and talking with him. So I, I hope these help somebody. Uh, so they have, uh, and as we said, uh, people that are listening or watching this later, may come up with additional ones. Feel free to throw those in the, uh, the comments on the Faith Responders Facebook page or message us with, um, if you have questions that you would like us to respond to, feel free to message us with those. But we hope that these are things that will help somebody. And if you're not a new believer, maybe you know someone that is. Someone that has just stepped across the line of faith or someone that just shows up in your local congregation is like, hey, this is all new to me. Um, as you get to know them, maybe you can sit down and say, hey, well, have you thought about that? You know, now you're, you're this whole new creation or have you thought about uh, all the things that we just discussed? So um, I'm going to ask Mark, uh, to pray for all the new believers. There are a lot of new believers who come to faith every single day, uh, not just in our communities, but all over the world. Uh, pray for them because many of them, it's like showing up at a job in a new country where you only barely understand the language. And it's like overwhelming to some. So uh, I'm going to ask Mark to to pray for us and then we will be done. Father, thank you again for your son, Jesus, who came to this world as a little baby to give us the hope of eternal life. Father, thank you for the new creation that you've made us. And Lord, I do pray right now for all of those who are new to their faith, to their journey, to their walk. Lord, be with them. Give them encouragement. Give them strength. Give them a, a sense of your presence uh, as they start out on the best journey that they will ever take. Father, I, I, I just thank you that you showed me that some 50 years ago, how to walk this journey. Help me to continue to walk and even though as we travel down this road of life and these, this, this walk that we have with you, we, we know there's going to be obstacles. We know there's going to be things that we have to go over, things that we have to go under, things that we have to go through. But we know that you are there with us, leading us and directing us and helping us through each and every situation and that is so reassuring to know that we have a heavenly father that cares so much for us that he's already got the plan worked out even before time began you worked out this plan of salvation for us so thank you for that lord help us to be an encouragement to those around us help us to share your love 
with those around us. Help us to, to reach out to someone who may just need a touch from you that we may be able to give to them because of you. Mm. And we just ask, Lord, now that you would be with us until the next time we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.